1: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're at. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John and Joining me is...
0: Maggie Lovett.
1: I started running out of breath there. Maggie, how are you doing?
0: I am tired.
1: <laughs> you know, same. Although you probably have a, a much different reason why you're tired than I do. Me, it's just like I've just been busy. I'm also with out of focus.
0: So give me a second. <laughs> I'm still out of focus. I don't know. My camera's like, I'm also tired. <laughs>
1: They'll get it, but why are you tired? what What do you, What did you have going on? I just haven't seen you in a hot minute.
0: You haven't seen me for a hot minute. I just got back from Orlando, uh, where I was down there for MegaCon, moderating a bunch of really cool panels with some really cool people, um, and it was just like a really awesome experience. So I got to talk to a lot of people that I've admired for many years, and I also got to talk to some people we have had on Collider Dailies, which was quite fun.
1: Which is exciting.
0: Yes. So I also have pictures. This is a bit of a show and tell segment. <laughs> well,
1: let's let's get let's get into it proper cuz this is our first topic for the day is you you recapping your MegaCon experience. So Take it away there, Maggie.
0: All right. So first up, I got to moderate the Women in Sci-Fi panel, which is always my favorite with Fan Expo. I got to do this uh, in San Francisco back in November as well. And I got to do it again here in Orlando. And it was such a great conversation with Felicia Day, who, of course, has been on Collider Dailies. And then Michelle Hurd and Alex Kingston. Uh, it was just so great. Uh, I find the women in sci-fi panels to be like particularly like meaningful and and powerful because it's usually a lot of women in the audience and talking about like sci-fi and like our experiences. And it's just like, it's a beautiful like conversation every time. And it was really great to listen to them talk about their like own first fandoms their own first sci-fi things that they got into and then hearing them talk about like then ending up in those kind of like major franchises that were part of their childhoods and it's it i always get a little like emotional listening to them talk so it was it was a really great experience uh and i really hope i get to continue doing the women in sci-fi panels because those ones just like i could do like a whole entire like on the road series of doing the women in sci-fi panels with some of these talented women um so it was really really fun Um, I also got to moderate a panel for Netflix, which was really fun. Uh, So this was for Code 8, Part 2, Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell, um, and the director, Jeff Chan, whose shoulder you can kind of see in this picture. Uh, (laughs) This is the quickest one I could uh, pop up uh, before the... uh, dailies today, but this was really fun. They debuted a new exclusive clip from um part two um the day after that Collider had the exclusive on the the new trailer for it, the first trailer for it. So that was really fun. It was a great conversation. I was really thrilled to see like how many people showed up and are really passionate about this like indie superhero film that you know, has had these roots and like going from a short film to then being like a Kickstarter funded first film and then getting picked up by Netflix. And like, there's this potential for like more storytelling within that universe. So it's a really good story. um, That was really fun to uh, moderate for. And then I also got to moderate for, Paul Bettany <laughs> like insane um I love Paul Bettany I've loved him for a really long time I grew up watching like Incar and uh A Knight's Tale and so did everybody else in the audience um there were so many A Knight's Tale um
1: questions and that was like, a really fun That's- conversation I would have one hundred percent asked him about Nightsdale. Like. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, it was great. I got asked him about the, the collaboration, which is a movie that he's in that he had previously done a, a staged performance of, where he plays Andy Warhol. And as somebody who like took a lot of art history classes, I like really wanted to talk about that. So that was really where, fun. I mean, what? <laughs> I am. It, it is true. Uh, but I'm very much at home at these conventions because it's just a full house of nerds, um, which is really great. Um, and then I got to on the last day moderate a panel for jason isaacs and matthew lewis which was just fantastic they were both so wonderful uh, and i really hope i get to do another panel like this again because it was just so fun to hear them talk about like their experiences not just in harry potter obviously but in their careers as a whole and that was really great and i did ask jason isaacs about lord enver gortash which was really fun because i am a baldur's gay three girly at the end of the day um and i fed the gortash girlies and they're all really happy
1: (laughs) This isn't the first time that you've asked him about it either.
0: This is the second time. So I was actually the first person to ask him um, about voicing uh, Inver Gortash during the Archie junket. And I still think I may be the only journalist who has asked him about it twice now. So, uh, you know, will there be a third time? We shall see. But speaking of Baldur's Gate 3, I got to wrap up my Megacon uh, convention circuit with a uh, panel with Neil Newman, who, of course, has previously been on Collider Dailies. Uh, and it was such a fun, like, riot of a panel. Uh house obviously he's like such a huge like fan favorite right now um and it was just a really great conversation about his career and also just some like off the wall questions that fans had uh which made both of us blush and lots of laughing uh So it was a really good experience and I had an absolute blast. Um, and I, it I was that panel in particular, like made me laugh, like personally, because like I almost did not play Baldur's Gate 3. Back in like August, I tweeted about like watching other people playing and being like, do I have time for this game? Do I want to play this game? I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm scared to play something that I don't know anything about. So this is my message to you. Play the game. Take the chance. Do the thing because you never know where it will take you. And sometimes th- you may end up on a stage with one of the like voice actors and just like actors in general like talking about this thing that they made that you love. So
1: I think that at this point everybody who's going to play Baldur's Gate 3 has probably already started playing it.
0: Honestly, that's not true. I know somebody who just bought it this week.
1: So yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but so would you say that overall your MegaCon experience was uh was good? It was mega cool. Oh god. You why do me. I why do I set you up for these things? I like the alliterations with the Ms. I I love that someone appreciates my efforts to make our topic titles fun.
0: See, he makes <laughs> fun of me for puns, and then he works at making a, like alliteration in the titles. So, really, are we that different? No.
1: I feel like alliteration is a higher form. Than than puns. No,
0: no, that is not a higher form because that's just matching a phrase with like the same letter. Puns take time because you have to actively think about what somebody is saying and within seconds come up with the response, which is both pithy, funny, and ironic. Mm -hmm. And it has to actually be like a humorous thing. It can't just be for like the gigs and shiz of your own like amusement. Alliteration you have to sit down and think about. Puns are more spur of the moment, so they are actually the higher form of entertainment.
1: I don't think this is something that we're ever going to agree on.
0: I mean, that's fine, but I know I'm right.
1: <laughs> Puns punish people. I like that I like that our producer pulled up his own comment.
0: <laughs> you might call me the punisher.
1: <laughs> no. No, we are not doing that. <laughs> Anyways. I'm, You know, Maggie, I'm glad to see you back. I'm glad that you had fun in MegaCon. Uh, mm-hmm. But I am excited to be back on Collider Dailies with you. So you being back in your home <laughs> and being back to this.
0: This is very true, yes. I also it's got a bunch go. of pens.
1: Oh, um, yes. You wanted to talk just, about your pens. Yes, I
0: did want to talk about my pens. So a fun fact about me is that I collect Disney pens only when I'm at Disney or back in the glory days when the Disney store existed rest in peace wait
1: disney store doesn't exist anymore yeah
0: they got rid of like all the disney stores they only exist on shop disney is the only thing now it's very sad i'm,
1: I'm not a disney adult so i don't pay attention to that. i'm not
0: stuff, a disney so. adult either okay adam that was only you that thought i meant pins as in like ink pen
1: i mean I, I think that your east coast accent might attribute to that miscommunication just a little bit smidge anyways show us your pins
0: okay thank you so um <laughs> Hondo, my beloved. Naturally, so my favorite ride in Disney is the Hollywood Tower of Terror. So naturally, I had to get this really fun pen that closes up. Oh, it's very fun. Cool. Very cool. Uh, as a long-term Kingdom Hearts fan, uh, whose very first trip to Disney like a decade ago was a- tremendously upset by the fact that Kingdom Hearts had zero representation at Disney. Of course, I had to get the Kingdom Hearts pin. Now as- it at the
1: very least has a pin representing it.
0: Yay! Um, <laughs> I w- we'll wait for the day that Sora is rocking around the park.
1: One of these um, days we'll have a discussion about Kingdom Hearts and my complete and utter abandonment of that franchise after two.
0: Okay, well that hurts me a bit. Anyways, here's Stitch. Um 2024 because you know, I was down in Orlando for work in 2024. Naturally. Gargoyles. Um hello, there's Gargoyle pens. This is amazing. Um right? Hmm. I was shocked. Uh and then I did this one to commemorate the fact that I talked to Jason Isaacs. A little cap. Oh
1: yeah. That's I
0: had to get this. Naturally. And then last but not least, I had to pick up the limited release of the Gaston for Valentine's Day, which is celebrate you. Hmm. He's looking in the mirror. Um for you know Singles Awareness Day that's coming up in a couple of days. So
1: Singles Awareness Day. That's right. That is a thing. Uh
0: <laughs> be like Gaston and celebrate yourself. But yeah, that that's my thing. I would honestly love to see if people have Disney Pen collections. Like show them to me. Find me on Twitter. Show me your collection because uh, I love them. I love pen trading. I love the whole the whole world of Disney pens.
1: Well, I'm sure that you will get an onslaught of pictures, because that is a really? very, I know, I, I know quite a few people who collect pens, so that is a very common thing for people to be a part of. So get on social media, send pictures to Maggie. Honestly, just send Maggie pictures of, like, anything that you collect. I'm sure she would love to see it. Within I'd love to season. see it, too, so... Do not send
0: me any unsolicited bad things. I mean, obviously,
1: I feel like that goes with that. Yeah, like, I know,
0: boundaries, boundaries are important. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: <laughs> uh anyways let's move on to our uh next topic for the day our first proper topic uh i guess proper topic i guess your your megacom was a proper topic I'm i was like excuse me. you first news topic uh we are never leaving pandora it seems <laughs> so the avatar franchise we know that at the very least james cameron is working on avatars three four and five uh we talked on a previous episode about how uh Avatar 5, I think, is set for like a 2031 release date or something like that. Well, recently, uh, James Cameron revealed that he has ideas for Avatars 6 and 7, which that's that's a little much. But he had this to say, quote, uh, we're fully written through Movie 5 and I've got ideas for 6 and 7. Although, I've, although I'll although i probably be handi- handing the baton on at that point. I mean, mortality catches up, but I mean, we're enjoying what we're doing. We're loving it. We get to work with great people. So I saw a comment a little bit earlier on uh, saying that he might pass it on to somebody else. And it seems like that seems to be what he's kind of thinking at this point. He is getting a little bit up there in age. But Maggie, the thing that I want to know is, do we even need that many avatars?
0: I have a lot of controversial opinions about avatars. So I you have a lot actually, of controversial
1: opinions about a lot of things.
0: I am actually the worst person to ask about this because I did not care for the first Avatar. Let uh, me get this
1: straight. You don't like Avatar, but you love Rebel Moon. Yes. This is like backwards from like everybody else.
0: I know. Count on me to be... I'm so scared. This is why,
1: like, I was thinking about this this morning when, because you had brought up to me that you... Weren't a big Avatar fan, or that you didn't really like Avatar. You're like, I cannot, I can never predict the things that you like. <laughs> Just when I start to think that you would be on board with something, you drop the bombshell. Because like Avatar seems like the kind of thing that you should really be, right?
0: Into. Yeah, and I like, I love J- like James Cameron. Like, I I think he's great. I love reading his interviews. I love the things that he has to say. I think he's like a great director. I just have zero interest in Avatar, which isn't to say that I that like because I don't like it. I don't think it should like exist. I think that there will eventually come a point where we've reached a threshold of there being too much Avatar, and I think that the time in between the films is probably the thing that works the 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 hardest against the franchise because I think having like a release date of like twenty thirty one is insane um for a franchise that's been around for so long uh and then you're gonna start seeing like other actors not being able to fill those roles anymore and then having to recast And I mean like you get into like a weird area of like is this still avatar or is this just becoming something else like i see if like six and seven maybe shift away from the main cast that they currently have and they have new characters and new stories then i can kind of understand that to an extent uh, and I'm happy for people who like Avatar. I feel terrible for them. They have to wait so long to get more Avatar because that's the worst thing ever, Um, especially when it's not like it's not like you're getting like a, a trilogy and then you have to wait 30 years for like the, the rebirth of that trilogy, like Star Wars style. This is literally you have to wait like decades for your next movie because they're so like yeah, beautifully done, and like the technology is so advanced, like all of the stuff, which is like technically speaking, Avatar is like a incredible feat of you know ingenuity and design. But
1: well, let me let me ask uh, this: you you kind of have touched upon this, but what if instead of getting instead of Avatar six and seven being part of this same linear story that we seem to be getting with these five Avatar films, what if instead we get? Side stories or other like stories that are set on Pandora that just aren't necessarily connected, that are just growing the world of Avatar.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I think that is probably the best place to go because not only is James Cameron getting up there in age, but his casts are also aging and like will have other commitments and other things. And like that in and of itself kind of lends itself to needing it to expand beyond this one family of uh, which is you know what these two movies so far have been based around
1: so i'm curious what is it about avatar that that like doesn't draw you in as much as i feel like it should
0: the story doesn't really hit for me that's fair like it just i don't know I think it's a film that is so caught up in being beautiful, which it is, that there's other aspects of it that are like lacking. And then when you see the stuff that's been like deleted, the deleted scenes or the stuff cut for time and that kind of stuff, and you're like, this is the good stuff. This is like the the stuff between the characters that people want more of. Um, and then it's like relegated to the DVD specials um and not put into movie when you're already dealing with a movie that is quite long. So the first one say- is like like
1: yeah i would say i definitely agree with you on that like the stories are not necessarily like earth shattering i for me though it does come down to the the creativity of the world and how visually like distinct it is and just how interesting and and of course you know i am i'm a bit of a technophile so i am very much on board with you know the new the new hotness technology wise so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at every avatar opening day to watch it just purely because of that uh but do i need to see seven avatars no (laughs) but you know what at this point maybe this is james cameron's like retirement plan he's just like you know i'm not gonna actually retire i'll just work on avatar movies until the day that i drop dead yeah i mean go for it
0: I respect the man's hustle. He just wants to live in a submarine under the sea. Um,
1: He's, he's one of my favorite directors. And I know that it's, it's hot on the internet right now and has been for a few years to like hate on him for some reason. Uh,
0: Inaccurate stuff too. Like I have a friend on Twitter who like constantly has to debunk the insane things that have been said about James Cameron, which are like wildly inaccurate and entirely untrue. It's very weird. And then like people just continue to regurgitate those same talking points and it's like but this has been debunked by the people that you were claiming to like support. Yeah. It's weird. I do not understand the, the James Cameron hate. He's just a weird little guy who wants to do stuff with the with the sea.
1: He he directed my favorite movie of all time, so no matter what he does yeah. after that, he'll have he'll have like my respect just for that forever unless like he turns out as like a monster which i don't see that happening do i need it no will i watch it yes says mike joyce that's that's pretty much where i'm at i think
0: that's the right (laughs) philosophy to have about this especially since like there's every potential that it won't even happen
1: yeah i mean i i have uh it's the cinematic equivalent of a vegas residency you're not wrong that's a great way to look at it uh i will definitely say that um I'm not. I'm not ever going to be like super jazzed for an Avatar film to come out. Like, I'm not going to be sitting there like waiting with bated breath for it to come out because th- that hasn't been the case for either of them yet. But when I go see them, I, I've enjoyed them, so I have no reason to think that I won't for the future ones. So yeah. if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. That's just the the way it is for me.
0: I'm also glad to see that Sam Red in the comments also got a headache from the frame rate issue in the second one. So. It's I'll thing. be
1: honest, I didn't even notice the frame rate thing until someone pointed out to me after the fact. Yeah. But now I can't unsee it. But I it's do. Like, I have heard quite a few
0: people. Like when you're not fully aware of like motion smoothing being on a TV. And then once you realize it's on and you're like, oh, God.
1: Oh, uh, that motion smoothing is one of those things that I always immediately it's notice. so bad. But I hate something it. About, something about the high frame rate in the theater, I didn't notice it. It was when I watched Way of Water at Home that mm-hmm. I finally noticed it. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Let's move on to our final topic for today, which will be a relatively quick one, I think. Uh, so it is reported that David Leach is in talks to direct the next Jurassic world film, uh, which is set to have a release date of July 2nd, 2025, Maggie, we're talking about big franchises that keep getting entries, Jurassic world four thoughts.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I would be lying if I didn't say that I love the like the Jurassic Park slash world universe. Love dinosaurs. Big fan of dinosaurs. Wanted to be a paleontologist because of the Jurassic Park movies as a child. Turns out not so good at the science. So that wasn't going to work out for me. But I do love that franchise. I think it's great. I think there should be television series instead of movies. Um I wasn't a huge fan of the Jurassic World, like the most recent entry into the Jurassic World. Um, I gave it a rather grim score when I reviewed it for my own site. Um, was not a fan of... There was like things I liked. I liked that we brought back the old group and did some things there. That was fun. Uh, but I just didn't fully like where we ended with things with three. And so I think... A fourth movie is necessarily not warranted. I would prefer to see it in a longer form style of storytelling. Cause I think then you have like the room to play with it a little bit more. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also not certain this film is going to happen in the time frame that they're currently saying it's going to happen. Like it has a 2025 release date. And I'm like, you guys don't have a cast. Apparently you, you barely have directors and you- it's going to come out next year. I-, I pity the VFX people doing that. Cause that sounds unhealthy.
1: Well, I mean, that's pretty much story of the industry right now is just like, "Hey, let's rush the VFX people as fast as possible." Uh, so all in all, in the game actually did. <laughs> I love David. I like David Leach. I love dinosaurs. I will see this, but I am not happy about it. That's, a, that's
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I am like, I am not happy about this. I'll be seated opening day. <laughs> all, in
1: ga- all in the game. All in the game. Asked who's writing it? That's more important. It is David Cope uh, is the one who is actually writing it, returning to the franchise after quite a while. I think it's been because he a worked lot. on. He worked on the original. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the only, did he work on lost world?
0: I don't, think I don't so. think so. Off the top of my head. I think no, which I mean, that was when that was first announced. I was like, okay, maybe we're getting back to like the Jurassic park vibes. So like cautiously optimistic, but.
1: I yeah. Know. I, I will say that him being involved is what gives me a little bit of hope that this is going to be, you know, something a little bit, maybe a little bit better than at least the, because here's the thing, I liked Jurassic World. It's Fallen Kingdom and Dominion that I didn't like as much. Um, So, if we can go a little bit more in that direction, more towards the, like, I mean, Jurassic, the Jurassic films really just should be a monster movie. uh, Yeah. With, you know, all this, like, extra science, like, mutant dinosaurs and stuff. I'm not i'm not just, super big on
0: the thing that gets me is that there is only i mean to be fair humans are extremely stupid um so maybe i'm yep. giving humanity too much credit here uh we are destined to continue repeating the same mistakes i just don't see how many times you can recreate the park and be like we have dinosaurs we promise you they will not breach containment uh
1: um, i i will say that if they do do another park what, what are they going to call this one? Because they've gone from park to world. Is this one going to be uh, like Jurassic Galaxy?
0: Jurassic Universe. Wait, dinosaurs in space.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, so Mike K is saying that Cope did write The Lost World. I am trying to verify that. I can't remember um, that at all should be pretty quick to pull up the imdb although this man has a crazy imdb he has done a lot uh yeah point is he worked on he worked on the earlier films the the, the ones that are like pretty much unanimously considered good um so that's jurassic moon park part. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to address one comment that mike joyce said earlier will this one have dino human hybrids there have been rumors about that for a while uh there's our producer pulling out comments that he likes there we go yeah that comment uh so that is actually a rumor that dates all the way back to jurassic park 4 like Mm -hmm. pre-jurassic world they were talking about having dino human hybrids and here's my thought on this uh the idea of like monstrous human hybrids didn't work out for alien resurrection so i kind of doubt that it's gonna work out for jurassic park uh Mm -hmm. So this franchise does not need to have that. Uh I think that if they have that, that is the point where I officially fully tap out of the franchise.
0: I mean, they could have done Emerald Fennell's idea.
1: What was it? I it's not just for romance. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we talking like a human in love with a dinosaur or are we talking like we're gonna follow two dinosaurs who fall in love? I don't different kind I don't of human like... hybrid. <laughs> I don't like any of this, Maggie. So, this is where I'm going to cut us off. <laughs> and, uh, this is where I'm going to call <laughs> it. is why
0: Emma Twinella is my girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's weird. Uh, <laughs> so, this is where we're going to call today's episode uh, yeah, Tammy and the T Rex. I tried to forget that movie. I don't, I <laughs> thought it up.
0: The uh, movie but with dinosaurs, Sam, you're my new favorite commenter. <sighs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all for today's episode of Collider Dailies. Maggie, do you have anything uh, that you want to plug? Anything coming down the pipeline that you're working on?
0: Um, I have a bunch of interviews still coming out in the next couple of days uh, for the new look. I uh, the junket for that's tomorrow, so you can keep your eyes on the horizon for that. But in the meantime, be sure to check out Collider.com for all of our breakouts and stories from Megacon. So go show them some love. We've got some fun stuff from Paul Bettany talking about improving a scene between him and uh, Wanda. We've got him talking about the collaboration. We've got all the the tea on the Charmed drama, uh, and all sorts of good stuff. So be sure to check it out.
1: So get over to Collider.com for all of that. And while you're over on Collider.com, why don't you check out some of our premium video content that I've been working on producing? So 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 much of my time has gone into producing that uh basically if you see an article if you see a a thumbnail with a little play button in the corner that means there is a video element to it that can range from a feature video which is what i primarily produce it could be an interview it could be a preview clip any like video content that is on the website is going to be tied through that premium system there so go ahead and check that out uh and also just you know browse Browse the website, peruse, get all of your entertainment news that you could possibly want from there. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. I believe it is me and Perry, I think. I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's what the schedule says. So you'll get to see more of me, uh, and then Maggie will be back on Thursday, correct?
0: I believe so, yes.
1: Yes. So uh, tune in tomorrow for that. Same bad time, same bad place. Until then, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.